She used to make these wonderful bacon sandwiches. Hello and welcome to the most intelligent selection podcast, Gold Coast. I'm your host, Paul Collins, and over the past 20 years, I have had to learn a lot about personal development and success strategies to go from barely surviving to absolutely thriving. Well, it's time to give back to the people of the Gold Coast, and who knows, maybe further afield. So, I'll be interviewing business owners, influencers, for want of a better word, and anyone with a voice and something positive to say so that we can help Gold Coasters and others increase their levels of success in all areas of their lives. All right. Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Most Intelligent Selection Podcast Gold Coast. Today, lucky me, Rob McLaughlin, my, let's say, saviour. That word will do. Luckily, I can edit out lots of this, but my employer... Many times. How many times, Rob? I don't know, maybe four. Four. Four times as an employer. So far. <laughs> so either I'm very good or he's very silly, and that's not true. And partner in business, farm, teaching, life, whatever. Rob, Hello, can you Paul. please introduce yourself, other than I have, to, to the listeners? Sure. Who are you in a nutshell? In a nutshell. Rob McLaughlin. Born near Wolverhampton in the UK, came to Australia when I was 26, now 48, been in Sydney six years and here for whatever the difference is, 15-ish. Been on the Gold Coast, I lived on the Gold Coast for 12 and then I've just moved to the hinterland three or four years ago. And why did you first come here? To Australia? Yeah. At the time I thought, actually I first came here as a backpacker when I was 18 in 1992, I think. And then just for a few months on my way around the world. And I really felt, I was living in London at the time, went to uni near Manchester and then moved to London, did a few years there. I came here fundamentally because I felt that Australia hadn't seen its finest hours yet, meaning there was lots of opportunity. A young country, new world, I was a bit sick of the old world. I don't like the class system in the UK. I find it very judgmental, despite, I suppose, having been a beneficiary of it. And escape the rain. <laughs> but really new opportunity, new life. There were certain, I suppose, family issues that I thought I could get away from and create a new life, really. Wow. Mm. Would you say so far most of what you had expected to happen when you came here has happened? I'd say I had no expectations about what would happen, really. I just came to do my best and forge a life here. There's been plenty of ups and downs, as you'd imagine. I love Australia and I love this region, southeast Queensland and all the New South Wales. So it's just a continually evolving story. The past couple of years has actually made me question everything because of the way government policy has acted so neglectfully, negligently. So I'm actually doubting, (laughs) like I thought recently, gosh, maybe i yet to see the worst day in Australia, <coughs> but I'm probably catastrophizing there too much. How's that for it's, a word? It's an important word to me because I yeah. tend to do it. Right. I tend to get too much information, overanalyze, and end up on the catastrophe side rather than the hope side. So. Oh dear. Mm. It's just what we want on the podcast, well, okay. positivity and challenge. Well, <laughs> of course I, it's okay. I think, I think I'm very positive generally. I do. But, but that does not always match with what's going on in my head. The yin and the yang. The yin and the yang, that's exactly that's right. That's, to me, actually, that's one of the most important ideas in life, is that everything is balanced. Mm. And that our job is to straddle the path between them. And 
you haven't said, but I will say that you're mm. a teacher. <coughs> Fundamentally, you're a teacher. I am, correct. Even though you, can, you will manage yeah. schools, teaching yeah. staff, yeah. but you are a very good teacher. And did you always want to be a teacher? No, I think after university, I moved to London because the streets were paved with gold and I wanted to... In fact, I, I realised I wanted to make my father proud by making mm. money in the city of London, which I did for a bit, but I really pretty much hated it and then actually having then moved to Sydney and worked in recruitment again I was made redundant in what we call a dot-com crash I suppose we call Mm. it I was working with a technology recruitment firm so that was really a great opportunity to do what I'd always wanted to do really actually which was teach English because I'd always loved language culture languages I should say yeah so that was an opportunity to do that. And so I've been very fortunate to spend the past 21 years teaching, which is a real privilege, actually. To, yes, it to, is. To be able to be involved in people's lives and transforming them. Quite. Through education. All right. Let's get into them properly. Mm-hmm. What has been your biggest challenge so far? Now you can choose which area of life that comes from, but what's been the biggest challenge and how... Did you overcome it? I think my biggest challenge has been managing my own psychology. I think that my childhood set my psychology up in a certain way and I've been trying to overcome that probably all my life. And that was from the trauma of divorce and then various, not various, a step-parent, step-mother who created a lot of real negativity in my life i think they call it emotional abuse now but anyway i overcoming or dealing with all the issues that that gave me that's been the biggest challenge and is still a challenge today i probably spent a long time following quite a hedonistic lifestyle trying to maybe numb or mask or fill a void i'm not sure and that way of thinking didn't help, and I also think that the way I was parented didn't really help. In other words, I think it's not just my issue, but a cultural issue that we have in the West generally is that we are lacking some foundational ideas and education that should be passed on through ritual and ceremony to essentially make men help men become men or mm-hmm. boys become men. Yep. And just <coughs> as an example, like the f- I, I've been married uh, three times. The first time I got married, I. Re- in fact, I said it to my ex-wife the other day. I spoke to her for the first time in quite a long time and I said, yeah, I just wish that my father had, or some male, had said, all right, what is it? What is a marriage? And what's your role? And why are you doing this? And, and so I just feel that there was a lack of guidance, mm-hmm. not just within the family, within our, you know, within my community, even in my culture. So I maybe a bit, certainly psychologically, left a fend for myself. Yeah, And... That's probably not uncommon for our generation X, born in 74. So, yeah, I think there's more awareness of psychology and some of these other words, mindset and how you think is, or what you think is what you become. And sure. What you think is what you are, these sorts of things. So the challenge has been really to stay on track, really, and try and turn some of those, or try and learn my way through that and become a good father myself and a, and a better husband and I think mm. I'm on the right track. So what are you doing to possibly you haven't overcome it yet but you're well, that's doing what I think well. It's a journey. Sure. What are you doing one thing that you are doing to uh, 
try to overcome that challenge other than previous hedonistic activities? I think, as I've just mentioned, I think asking the basic questions, what is it to be a husband and what is mm. it to be a father? And then working through that. And you and I did that course, gosh, I don't know how many years ago now, we did Epic with Nam, in we which we looked at our values and beliefs. And I came to realise that helped me to form my identity a bit more solidly in my own mind. And um, so, for example, through that process, I realised actually what I enjoy, what I like, what my values are, what I like doing. And as you know, a big part of that for me is the sport squash. I really Mm -hmm. love that. I play it competitively. And And that's something I'd done when I was 16 and then didn't come back to it till I was 35, which Mm -hmm. is a fairly good indication of how life has been. And then, as you also know, motorcycles... So really doing things that I that make me feel good and that I enjoy and give me enough of a buzz. Yeah. They put me in a flow state and enable me to, well, motivate me to get fit. Mm. So the, the process is ongoing and I, I have had addiction issues and still do with nicotine. I don't think I'm addicted to alcohol. I think alcohol is very addictive and I do use alcohol. And I also use cannabis uh, medicinally and and recreationally, whatever the difference is. But I have to do that. Well, I don't have to, but I do that for arthritis. Do you find it helps? Yeah, absolutely, I do. Physically and mentally? Yeah, both for me. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I could, of course, answer all these questions I'm asking you. Probably for me, yeah. (laughs) I I know all the answers. But there are some subtleties, of course, mm. that are different. and There are, and also there's other tangents and deeper levels. Yeah, of course. That we might not have covered off in conversations, because when we're having conversations, we're all over the shop. Yeah, so that's exactly right. And, and the purpose is not necessarily to delve deeper into those things. No. So. Cool. All right. That's, well, it's not nice at all, is it? Well, it is what it is. It is, it that's right. Label. Good or bad. So what would be the biggest success that you've had so far? And how did you achieve that? You don't have to say employing <laughs> me four times. <laughs> Obviously, me. that was my initial I know that's thought. what you wanted to say. <laughs> I don't know. Probably career-wise, I think I am a good teacher and I, might, I try and do the right thing for my students and try and transform, help them transform themselves in whatever way I might. I think having, not the having of the children or the creation, but the parenting of the children to me would be a big success. I think I'm a good dad. I'm definitely not perfect and I probably shout too much, but certainly try my hardest. And my goal, my my number one goal in life is to provide these boys with an education, mm-hmm. meaning not a formal school education, but no. a real education. A life education. A life education. And as you know, well, as you know I've uh, got a 29-year-old that I was with my second wife when he was 8 to 18. and I still can't believe he's 29. I, was a good, I know. I was a good dad there and I have a great relationship with him and, in fact, with my ex-wife, so that's really cool. It is cool. So, yeah, maybe maintaining good relationships is, is, a, is a success for me. I, I really like people. I, I love all people, but I try and tell them and... Be positive towards people. As we should. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's right. But you have to have it as a philosophy. Otherwise. Of course. And not just think it, but actually show the people yeah, that I you love so. that you love them. Yeah. 
And I'm not perfect, obviously. As I, as I said, I lose my shit with my kids. And I'm prone to losing it occasionally as well with people. <laughs> but I've got a very strong social justice bit in me, actually. So if I feel yeah. there's an injustice, I will arc up and try to rectify that. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Rob, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self besides riding motorbikes quickly through the mountains? Because I imagine motorbikes is your... And you can say motorbikes if you want. Mm -hmm. You're the one answering the questions, mm. not me. Mm. So what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Probably my children again, I'd say. I mean, that's a boring answer, I'm not sure. But when I see them, I see the effect that my behaviour and actions and thoughts and energy and love have on them, then and I see how well that can go or there have been times when it hasn't gone so well for sure and I've had to adjust how I'm interacting with them with the support of yeah, but they are they are challenging kids yeah sure and equally amazing and wonderful and good I want the challenge I'm not going to pacify them with devices and have a non-personality child if that makes sense yeah sure uh, I'm going to challenge them and you know educate them which is what challenging people should be about yeah mm. lucky children that mm. they were your answer and they are they are lots of your answers a big part yeah, of your life yeah they? it's interesting talking about it now that you're asking these questions that seems to be my answer it's good yeah i hope so all right it's now a lot of this podcast is aimed at business owners, mm -hmm. small business owners, because mm -hmm. they've suffered mm -hmm. through COVID, whether that's mm -hmm. people getting sick and laying off staff, mm -hmm. government mandates, mm -hmm. fundamentally mm -hmm. screwing them. Mm -hmm. If you could start a business tomorrow, mm -hmm. what would that business be? Since I started teaching English language to international students, that, and in Sydney I realised that the view of Australia that these students were getting was a bit narrow meaning mm. that back then I worked in near Manly Beach in Sydney and then up here, as we're now in Southport. But I had seen the more rural parts of Australia that I th and I thought the culture was very different and the um, well, everything was different, really. And I th felt that was um, a big reason to come here, that, meaning the land, the great skies, the great <laughs> land, the energy from the land and the trees and the animals and everything. And I felt that these students should see more of that. Mm. So my business plan then, and, and still is actually, it's, is to have some sort of language learning business on a farm, mm. which incorporates the two. And in fact, this semester, my, I'm doing a research project, and I want to find out the answer to the question, what's the evidence that shows that being in a, in a context, if we, let's imagine we're on a farm, for example, what can we teach people there and Will they learn it more effectively if you can pick up a tool or point to the soil or some natural feature and be able to discuss it and learn it? What's the research? What does the research say about that being an effective way to acquire a second language? So that topic area is second language acquisition within linguistics. So that that business, I would hope to be able to start in the next few years, depending on where, if I end up with some of my own land or on our rented farm mm. or wherever. 
I would hope to be able to do that because, well, it's, I mean, it's back to this word that you and I have used for probably more than 10 years, this word of transformation. Because I think from our teaching, that's what we ended up realizing we were doing because we were incorporating more of the psychological and behavioral aspects to learning rather than just the content of the subject. And we, we dealt with and still do with people who are transforming their lives. That's what they do when they come to another country, to a new culture, learn a new language, meet new people, try new things. They're at this really crucial time in their lives, and many of them young and many of them not. So it's that, that idea is very important mm. to me. Good. I'm glad you said about the uh, psychology and the success mm. habits or strategies mm. or stuff like that because mm. it's a nice segue to my next question. Oh, good. Well done. It's almost as if we'd planned it, <laughs> but we didn't. We didn't. It's so what, the cuff, actually. <laughs> what would be a success strategy, habit or tip that you could share with somebody? Because as I spoke about before, businesses have suffered, people have suffered, students, as you talk about, come in here mm. from various countries in Asia or South America or wherever they might be are away from their family, they're often alone, and it's quite hard to be here. As enjoyable as it is, it's hard. And for people living on the Gold Coast, mm. uh, not everybody, a lot of people are doing very well, mm. but there's a lot of uh, stress. There is. Anger, anxiety. Thank you. Yeah. So what would be a, a success strategy, habit or tip that you could share with somebody to help them begin to take positive action get more control of their life? Yeah, well, two things spring to mind. Uh, the first one is that I recall losing my job in Sydney and actually my mother was visiting at the time from the UK and I was meeting her down in Circular Quay and I walked down and I said, oh, Mum, I've just been sacked, basically. <laughs> and she started crying. But at that moment, I realised that I'm not going to mooch. This is, I'm going to turn this into an opportunity. So that's the first thing is to look for an opportunity Despite how you might feel mm. and the fear you might have is to try and maintain calm and look for the opportunity. Another thing that I've implemented actually only in the last week, I like in the past couple of years I've personally felt pretty anxious and depressed and certainly very angry at uh, the way our so-called leaders, these governments have behaved in a very anti-scientific way, it's a very corrupt way. And it's made me extremely angry, but... Something I've known forever since you and I did the the diet called the genotype diet yep. that we did. That was probably ten years ago, and that for me that transformed my life certainly. And I realised in that process that I need, and I've said this to you a million times, I need a lot of hard exercise. Mm. Like for me, a walk and a bit of yoga is not going to cut it. <laughs> and I know this. And mm. even though I play squash, I don't play enough. So yeah, okay. I turned forty-eight last week. Thanks for the card. No, you're very welcome. It's there, it's there. It's in the mail. I in know. record. <laughs> but that I sent you a card. <laughs> but I just, I mean, I'm approaching 50. Gosh, I better um, do something. And me, I'm, I'm actually reasonably fit. Yeah. I'm not super fit like I need to be. But I, and I know that I need to do this hard exercise to make myself properly tired so I sleep well and then to be, not be so prone to, Anxious thoughts and depressive mm. thoughts, which, are, by the way, I'm not saying I don't think they're not necessarily bad, but but Too I just much decided of them probably is. yeah it is. Well, getting stuck, I'm, yeah, I found myself getting stuck in a loop, looking for an opportunity and taking it. Well, yeah, 
looking for opportunities where you might not necessarily want to find them or see them, but and obviously that involves being calm enough to be able to listen to your intuition and make the right decisions. And that involves whatever you do. And I like Tai Chi and meditation, neither of which I do enough. So I just decided, right, I'm 48. From my 48th birthday, I'm going to run six days a week. How many of those days have you run? Six. Well done. I decided I'd have Friday morning off because I play squash Thursday night. Yep. And like last night, I didn't get home till almost 1 a.m., which is it's nice and healthy. I'm normally a nine o'clock sleep type of dude. So, so hard exercise as well hard to exercise. minimize hard. anxiety. Yeah, yeah. And mm. that's, well, the results were pretty quick, meaning I felt good. I slept better and felt better already. So that's been, what's that been, nine days or something? Cool. So I ran what might have been your birthday. I, I ran for two kilometres on the beach, which yeah, may have been on your birthday. Actually, yeah, we, did. we did have that conversation, actually. And I can only just walk down the stairs properly now without yeah, pain. Right. So <laughs> feels like I'm 48. Yeah. Almost. So yeah, that's something I know, but it's, you can know these things and not do them. But now you are. I'm, just, I'm sick of feeling crap and I want to feel good. And I remember the time when we started that genotype diet and yep. I think I quit all booze and fags and everything for months. And I did exercise. I'm supposed to do exercise mm. four times a day, which is a lot. <laughs> but at that time, I could just about do it. So I would get up in the morning, go to the beach, do Tai Chi, then do a run, then come home, hop on my bicycle, ride to work, ride home after work. You need and to become a personal trainer. Three times a week. There you go. Get a job as a personal trainer. You'd be able to exercise and get paid for it. Anyway. I like, I, I enjoy the game. Like, sure. You know. Mate, I've got one more question, actually. Mm-hmm. What did your childhood smell like? The smells that spring to mind, firstly, would be cooking, grandmother's cooking. Mm. And what did grandmother used to cook? She would do what I would call traditional English food, bacon sandwiches, obviously. Well done, grandma. By the way, I bought an air fryer and the bacon in there. That's a good move. But your grandmother never used one of those. She didn't. She used to make these wonderful bacon sandwiches on which she wouldn't put butter. She'd put she'd grill tomatoes with it and use that as like the butter. Mm. So real tomatoes and bacon. And uh, of course, the smoke, <laughs> the cigarettes and cigar smoke, yeah. grandmother and father. Mm. And then um, I think the driving into the countryside and smelling the country. Those are pretty good smells, besides probably the cigarettes and the Cigars, but well, yeah, that they were nice. very damaging. Actually, mm. I was addicted. Must have been addicted to nicotine when I was quite young, through passive smoking. Mm. I mean, we, this is in the nineteen eighties, seventies, and eighties. You get in the car and it was full of smoke. <laughs> and people would smoke everywhere. So I'm told. I don't remember the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> Having not been born, you were born in eighty. Were you? <laughs> well, you 80, I was 81? eighty. Yeah, I missed out by two weeks. Mm. I love that question Which because one? It, the the what did your childhood smell like? Because when you're talking about grandmother making bacon sandwiches, it takes you back there. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Driving into the countryside. memories, and they make my hair stand on and now, yeah. probably see. And also the smell of petrol and fumes. My father used to race cars, mm. so going down to the garage and all the noise and smell of that. Noises are also... In fact, it was partly the noise bit. If that question was about noise... Yeah, should be. Maybe it will be from now on. They're all the senses, possibly. Mm, that's right. The greatest sights and sounds and tastes. But if it was about noise, I think um, I would have said, and, and in fact, this is what 
made me realise at whatever age we were when we did that course with Nam, I guess. 38, if it was 10 years ago. 10 years, was it? Mm, possibly. But I recall in that that ever since I'd played squash, that noise, <laughs> I loved it and would always would have it in my hand. And like I'm doing my wrist now, be hitting the ball yep. in my head. And the same with the motorbikes, that action of accelerating with your right wrist and then mm. pulling in the clutch. Mm. I would do that all the time and imagine the noise. And it was those noises that were deep inside of me that I loved mm. that in fact were the key to me helping me understand who I was and what I liked doing mm. and to discard the bits of my identity that I picked up along the way from other people yep. or cultures or whatever. Wow. So that helped me to get back to who I actually am. That's possibly the best answer I've had so far. That's good. I say that to everybody. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it was very good. We we could do a whole podcast on that. Yeah, I mean, the, the five or six senses, depends, mm. depending on which way you want to look at it, but I would definitely be talking about the six, but that's again another conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's leave it there for now. Rob, thank you so much. My pleasure. For coming. That's been, it's Thanks been eye-opening to see a di- hear a different perspective Thanks, on what I already knew. <laughs> anyway. Thank Catch you. you soon. Bye. Thanks, buddy.